0: Looking for a way to reduce your carbon footprint and make a positive impact on the environment? Look no further than Lightfoot Company. Our refillery and sustainable home goods store in Savannah, Georgia is dedicated to helping you reduce your use of plastic and single-use
1: products. From reusable water bottles and bags to bulk, eco-friendly cleaning products and personal care items, we have everything you need to live a more sustainable lifestyle. Plus, our friendly staff and knowledgeable staff is always available to help you make informed choices and find products that are right for you. So why wait? Visit Lightfoot Company today and start making a difference.
0: This is Kersey Penn, and you are listening to the Daniel White Show. No, potty. I don't. I have a bidet. You need to but get no you a. Pod. We just
1: got a bidet,
0: y'all. Your life has changed. I no. will never go back. Every mm. time I travel and don't have a bidet, now I'm like, fuck
1: this peasant behavior. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Peasant.
0: <laughs> like my butthole doesn't feel clean enough. Oh no. Oh yes.
1: This is the intro right here. <laughs> The Daniel <laughs> White Show. Are you recording? Yeah, yes, I am. <laughs> Welcome to the episode of Daniel White Show. Today has been so great. Um, I, You're my first Daniel White Show interview here. Oh my yes. god you're my first one here
0: in savannah yes no way the day in white
1: show wow. free pieces i've done the day in white show i have not done
0: i am so honored
1: i literally just had a realization literally just now i'm wow. so excited yes Aww. today is so great we have a very an
0: initiation
1: initiation into savannah
0: yes with someone you are here baby from
1: savannah oh bruh <laughs> um since <laughs> march It i feel like it's been so long
0: really it feels like it's been like two years like you've just lived here for decades yeah my
1: mom was like hey how's everything going how's it been i'm just like oh it's been a while but it's been great but i was like oh, i've only been here for like five months
0: i think part of it is because it's a smaller city it and you small. get to know places people
1: mm. you know
0: and then you just feel like you know it it's familiar
1: it's great but even coming to your house like i know bull street's right there yes but i've not been on this street so what i was like oh i recognize this but I've never been down here before so and you're close to me like everyone is yes. close to me yes this is amazing y'all Savannah's great everyone keeps asking me Savannah's amazing I'm here with a Savannian. yes you are born and raised here
0: I am a local native Savannian.
1: which I feel like that's kind of rare
0: I do too you know I say that to people and then they're like oh no I meet natives all the time and I'm like really where are they yeah
1: <laughs> it's like I literally only you I think you're the only person I personally know that really born and raised okay here. Yeah. Beautiful place.
0: Yeah, it has definitely changed a lot over time. I think SCAD's presence definitely has contributed to that Ooh, we've with seen that. bringing artists here. You know, it's the the positive and the negative of that. Um, that's a different conversation, you know. but yeah, yes, it was, yeah, exactly. We'll we'll pause on we'll, that we'll, for now. We'll
1: come back to that because that's definitely probably <laughs> yes. an issue. Yeah.
0: But it has brought a lot of creatives here. It has. Um, yeah, really brought a more progressive energy here mm-hmm. and just kind of like made Savannah more well-known, which I think it deserves to be because it's pretty magical and beautiful.
1: It is so wonderful. Um, instantly felt a change, we talked about earlier,
0: yes. being here. Yes.
1: I'll sit there for a different conversation. Um, <laughs> but no, this is a really cool place. Some friends I've visited and I've got to show them the things I know about it so far and everyone's like... I would have never thought to come here. Wow. I <laughs> really like I would have never came here if it wasn't for you being here, but this is such a cool place. What's
0: your favorite place to take friends so far?
1: I really like and I don't drink alcohol, but I really like the lone wolf over yonder.
0: Yes, and that's right around the corner for me. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, that
1: and Charlene Yard. Awesome. I love those areas, you mm-hmm. know, um, and I told Christy earlier, I am I like chaos, so I like going, <laughs> <laughs> I like going downtown Divine on weekends.
0: chaos.
1: I like going downtown on weekends, which is a different world from mm-hmm. where we live. We're a very tame area over here, but mm-hmm. downtown is a playground, so I go there on weekends, but I know I like Charlene Yard, Lone Wolf. I mm-hmm. love Lone Wolf. That's the first place that, that's the first place that I went when I got here because And McKenzie's, that's where we met. Yes, we did, yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that was the first time you went there.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mackenzie and Sky's yes. birthday party. Before you
0: even moved here. Yes. Aww. And at
1: that point, I wasn't, no, November. I knew, I, I didn't know I was going to move. Yes. In you November. knew you were
0: going to move, but you hadn't moved yet.
1: Yes. Because I came here the first time in last March. Okay. It was my first visit because I modeled for Mackenzie.
0: Oh. Yeah. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. that was like, when I came, I was like, okay, this is a cool spot. i would never thought of coming here.
0: But you hadn't even thought of the idea of moving here before that visit? Not last March. Wow. No.
1: I came back for Sky and Mackenzie's thing and I was just like, yeah, 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 why not?
0: Yes, it felt right. Oh, yeah, it felt right.
1: Beautiful. Community here is great. I still hang out with people I met at at that party. I hang out with all those guys now. Everyone's super nice. Yes. So, here we are
0: here we are yes glad to be here with you
1: with you the intimacy coach and body worker and musician (laughs) i had no clue we're in christy's house (laughs) beautiful place walk upstairs he's nice big massage table the heck is that yeah i do do, do massages yeah i do massages i do
0: massages i'm like yes with all this other shit that's crazy actually massage it's so funny to me like in that moment when you were like what you do massages it was quite a moment for me because i've been doing it my whole life like people from high school know me as a massager what even though even if they didn't know that i do it professionally now like i was massaging people in high school nonstop. no way like in choir people would line up to like sit in front of me <laughs> while we were singing i would just massage people my teachers hated me because of it but i loved it it was like my way to connect through touch with my peers and i've always been a very body oriented person and I did not do well with like traditional schooling. And so it felt like a really beautiful way for me to like be fed at school. No way. But it was kind of inappropriate. My teachers didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple teachers that were super cool with Man, it. And they like, were like, that's just Christy doing their it's thing. Like, whatever, it's fine. But yeah. Oh my gosh. So you've yeah. always
1: been about touch. Always. Always, whatever. Always, in
0: fact, in middle school, they made a rule because of me for no PDA because I would give too long of hugs in the hallway. I would just be like, Come here, I love you so much, and wrap people up in love and hold them there, probably past their comfort zone. And then a new rule was made, and so every time I would hug someone, they would be like, PDA, stop. So that was like really hard for me as a kid, like coming into myself and recognizing, you know, that was during a time when, you know, you're individuating as a kid, you're like learning who you are and what makes you different and what traits, you know, make you more, not more special than others, but like what is special to you and touch was one of those things for me and then for that to be kind of stomped on so soon after I started exploring that um was hard but I feel very grateful that like my dad and I have always had a very strong touch relationship he's always like massaged my legs and feet growing up my calves and like I don't know that was just a thing we did and He's he's a hugger. He's a minister, as we talked about, and he will stand outside the sanctuary at the end of service and give as many hugs as possible.
1: Oh my god! You know, it's kind
0: of like Amma. You know who Amma is? The Indian woman who—that's what she does. She like goes to different cities, and her presence is so powerful. People line up to hug her. Oh my god!
1: That's freaking. So he's kind of
0: like the the Amma in Savannah for his church.
1: Dude, shout (laughs) out to Dad.
0: Shout out so to you dad. So you that from him. Um, I would say I'm a little more extreme than him. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, also he was like conditioned as a male in our society. And I think there's, there's things that go along with that. Men are perceived as more creepy in terms of oh, touch, yeah. which I think probably limited him and his expression yeah. of it somewhat. But, um, but yeah, I would say I did probably get that from him. I love that and i'm definitely more touchy than all the other kids in my family so <laughs> you yeah. like ah! yeah <laughs> my yes. sister was not down with it growing Jesus up. Was like
1: get off of me.
0: Yes, exactly. I got a smack in the face one time for kissing her on the cheek. It was not good. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> so,
0: this was the beginning of my intimacy journey was like learning how to respect other people's touch boundaries yes. because they're not the same as mine. I want to be touching people all the time. <laughs> And it was a hard recogni- recognition to realize. Oh, other people don't always want that.
1: Right. Hey, look. It's, it's hard to unlearn that kind of stuff. Like, man, I just want to love on people, and people right. just need love and right.
0: But it's okay. You just make right. those boundaries, and it's fine. But when I actually started, it wasn't until I like went to my tantra training years and years and years later that i like started in depth learning about boundaries and like speaking boundaries and receiving other people's spoken boundaries and like learning the nuances of boundaries that i started to really recognize like oh it's actually a gift if i honor people's boundaries
1: yes like
0: it's not them not loving me it's an act of love for me to recognize Spend that their hungry. boundaries help shape who they are
1: yeah yeah. And this
0: is a an act of me honoring who they are.
1: See? That's say it louder for people in the fucking back. <laughs> you're doing honor more the boundaries. Honor honors, people. You're doing yes. way more for people if we honor it than not. Yes. Let's go, baby. Yes. Wow. So you're at a young age, you kinda know what kind of path you might be on then kind of. Well,
0: so I actually was <laughs> interested in becoming an opera singer for a long time. I studied voice yes. at my performing op- or <laughs> at my performing arts high school, Savannah Arts Academy. Yes. And so I really thought I was going to sing professionally my whole life. That was kind of all I wanted to do growing up and then um, things just kind of shifted at some point for me i just started kind of getting more into holistic healing arts and mm. um gardening ag- sustainable agriculture and like just kind of started looking at like what can i offer the world and like sure my voice is one thing that i, c- I can offer the world mm-hmm. but um yeah i, w- I, I guess i like yeah, just wanted something hands-on, more like tangible where I can be like, here's this thing. Yes. <laughs> I can do for you. Oh my and gosh. And also I um I don't know if I've ever spoken to you about this, but I had a very challenging chronic pain journey that also oh, was shoot, part of no. the reason I started moving more toward massage because massage was so powerful for me in that journey. It was just like Wow, I I love touching bodies. I love massaging bodies, and maybe I can help someone that was in a space like I was in.
1: Wow, so you kind of oh, so you full circle. Yeah, trying to help people. Like, yeah, no way. Yeah. So there's any, you mentioned tantra training. which mm-hmm. Very interesting that. Um, did you go to any traditional schooling? For. Any, like any college any like so that?
0: i did try to go to college okay, it try. just didn't work out okay perfect i went to college for a year at app state in boone
1: that's why you have a connection with boone yes yes nc represent yes yo that's crazy yes. first of all how'd you find boone
0: so i don't know well, I think it was honestly just like the mountainous landscape, the kind of like hippie vibe going on there. Okay. Like I yeah. just wanted something different and more like earthy and artsy than what my Savannah upbringing had been like. And I mean, I guess it was artsy, but not so much earthy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what drew me to App State. I had initially looked at their music program and then I ended up being a part of this thing called Watauga Global Community that was, like, this little group in college that offered um, different classes than the regular curriculum. Like, I, I I talked about this on the last podcast I was on. This is funny. Um, we had classes like eco art and healing. Um, let, what did it? what was it called what should we eat looking at like the food system locally globally like there were just there was a class on bluegrass music that i took there were just like a lot of cool offerings so that drew me to app state along with the mountains and being far away from my parents
1: so that's okay i was wondering like <laughs> i wanted to get as far as away yeah as far as i While could still
0: being kind of close exactly. you know like i could drive home if i wanted to but i needed to get away exactly. It was time.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you did that and for a year. Yes. And And I
0: knew after two weeks, I called my parents after two weeks of school, I said, I want to drop out. Do you want to continue paying for school? Two weeks? (laughs) Yes. And they were like, no, Christy, you have to see it through. Please just do it for us. If you're not doing it for yourself, like just try it. And I did. I tried it. I mean, I kind of stopped trying a little bit toward the very end, but um it just yeah i did not do well sitting in a classroom like i just have to be moving my body staying engaged in that way yes that really does a lot for me
1: oh my gosh good for you hey look you recognize someone's like hey this isn't working out gotta get out yeah give it a year came back yeah here
0: yes came back well i went to vermont for the summer to work at camp called farm and wilderness it was like a quaker camp we would have silent meetings hold hands it was real cute learned a lot of cute little spiritual songs there i Um, love it was great i like taught little kids how to swim at the lakefront that was beautiful then came back here um and was here for about a year and a half, two years. And that was kind of a wild two years of my life, <laughs> just trying to figure out what I wanted to do next, but I didn't really know. And then I actually had a really powerful DMT trip where it all became clear for me and I heard the message go to Asheville and so you went- go to yoga teacher training.
1: So you went back. So I went back
0: to North Carolina for a different reason and I did my yoga teacher training and that was kind of the peak point of my chronic pain journey and I really, I mean, I wanted to study yoga. I really was interested in yoga, but I was also just like interested in what was going on with my body and wanted to learn. (laughs) Yeah,
1: absolutely. So question, obviously yoga is kind of body work. I don't know if you were, well, I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, I guess you could call it like self-body, self-body work. Yes.
1: But would that be the start of you pursuing that? Is you going through yoga?
0: So kind of, I, so it went yoga teacher training, Thai yoga massage training, and then my yoga teaching certification. Okay. Let's I go. mean, my uh, massage therapy certification.
1: Okay. Let's go in order then. So, so you yoga. Did, you know, so how was your time? in that? first of all, I had a very good friend maybe you went, what, what years did you go there? Oh, God. Yoga, yoga training. I don't training. even
0: know. 2013.
1: Do you know Jessamine Stanley?
0: I don't think so. Okay,
1: cool. Never mind. she went there. <laughs> I know you heard like years ago, and she also went through that
0: for She's, yoga teacher training. Oh, she
1: said she had a very emotional. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> experience yeah. Experience yes. going through that training. Yes. In, in a good way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think
0: one thing that really stuck with me and I valued about my training was like I really. Got the message that yoga is not just about physical asana practice. It's not just about the body. (laughs) You know, as much as Westerners have wanted to make it about that and profit off of that, there is so much philosophy um, that goes into what yoga is. And so I learned a lot about the principles behind yoga philosophy, and that just I think probably impacted me more than anything, like just thinking about things like one of the yamas and niyamas is non-stealing. And I remember having this epiphany around that term because my whole life I thought, you know, like, what's the big deal if I'm 15 minutes late to meeting up with my friend, I'll just like show up and apologize, whatever. And then through studying that term and the meaning of it and all this stuff, I came to realize like, oh, I'm stealing their time.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: Even if it's 15 minutes of time, that's valuable time.
1: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So
0: I, I don't know. It just like, I think, yes, it gave me more information about my body and how to teach yoga and all of these practical things, but it also really impacted me in a philosophical sense in terms of just like how I look at the world and engage with other humans. And yeah,
1: I like that. So you got kind of get, you got that from Mm -hmm. that experience. Mm -hmm. Interesting.
0: And a lot of people don't even realize that like yoga has that side to it because it's just known as the physical practice in America for the most part. Right. I started taking it seriously back in COVID. I've been doing it every day since, Mm, but that's amazing.
1: Not like I guess a deep dive yoga sure. through a deep dive doing doing sure. actual classes for it you know mm-hmm. actually learning the ins and outs so very interesting yeah okay so you, did yeah. that, you got through that whole That's a two year program right
0: um it was a year and a half
1: year and I a half think. okay it was year. kind
0: of spread out yeah okay Sorry. year and a
1: half and then you decided I came to, back
0: here actually back Savannah <laughs> because I got a yoga teaching position right. here and um also for a relationship at the time <laughs>
1: I love that. I love hearing it that. It's like, yeah, yeah, they and got me. there was
0: someone here. Yeah, my
1: boo thing was here. Yes.
0: Okay. Um, and then, yeah, that chapter in Savannah was really fun. We, there was, uh, my friend had a meditation studio here that was donation based in our neighborhood. Like it was a fun time. We did a lot of my partner at the time was in a band, did a lot of live music stuff. Um, and then then what happened then that relationship ended and that's when i kind of hit this like i guess rock bottom of sorts around my sexuality and around my relationship to relationship <laughs> and i was like oh okay i think i really need to look at something here because It's not working. What we're doing is not working. (laughs) And at that time, I actually like thought I was a sex addict. Like that was a term that I was identifying with because I didn't really know how else to explain my experience other than I was having very impulsive sexual experiences that I felt worse afterward with. So, yeah, yeah. After years of <laughs> looking at all of this and unlearning, and um, I don't, I don't identify with that term, and I don't <laughs> n- even really know if I believe in it fully. <laughs> but <laughs> well, it's like you know, food and sex are things that I guess it's not exactly like food, and that we can't live without it. But they're natural human urges, right? It's not like this thing that we can just like brush off and do without forever and live this amazingly fulfilled life if it's something that we're drawn to. Yeah, right? Yeah. Not talking about people that identify as asexual here. But hmm. um yeah, I just I think it's so complicated. There are so many layers of conditioning that we undergo around sex. And so It's like, it's like, you know, within, I mean, (laughs) from where I'm sitting, I, I listen to a lot of Gabor Mate. He talks a lot about addiction and childhood trauma and the correlation between like how addiction is never just addiction, right? It comes from somewhere. And so, um, I just think it's a very layered thing. And whenever someone says, I have a sex addiction, which people actually don't say to me very frequently. i was going to ask
1: you that if people ever.
0: I haven't. It's more porn addiction than I think mm-hmm. a lot of people will claim and speak around. But yes. I haven't actually, I don't think ever had someone come to me and say they are a sex addict. But if someone were to say that, I would say, let's dig a little deeper. Yeah. Like, let's see what's going on here. Because it's, it's not that this Thing that you want is bad, and that you can't have it. That's not true. It's that your relationship to it is not as fulfilling as it could be. Mm. So, what is keeping you from that fulfillment? What gets in the way of having a more sexually fulfilling experience? Let's look at that.
1: I like instead of
0: the blame and shame that comes with "I'm a sex addict." Wow.
1: Okay. Why you just okay? A different way to look at it right that's very interesting right wow okay hold on that's okay <laughs> we're getting deep that's what i'm saying i love the topic i love what you're into because we can really dive deep into oh, yeah. like individually we can probably talk about all of them individually yes. but we'll keep it kind of <laughs> service for now for this conversation sure. every interesting to you but we're going to come back in a group situation later on sure and talk more in depth about this but anyway still no i still want to talk about this a little bit do it so as far as you and i and the tantra thing too. I don't know how that went too. Like, because how that work with school, like, uh, is there something can you teach that legally? <laughs> I only ask that because <laughs> Mackenzie told me it's like,
0: ah, yeah, it's not really, it's a little iffy. And I was actually thinking about that this morning yeah. in terms of like, I don't want to get anyone in trouble with anything. Okay, I yeah, say on this so podcast. you definitely don't
1: say any names. <laughs> If you don't no. want to, or if we don't to talk about it at all.
0: <laughs> no. So the Tantra training that I went to was incredible. Changed my life. Amazing. Um, there were it, technically, I guess I would call it like pink Tantra. So there were sexual practices, but there were also non-sexual practices so a lot of like breath work, meditation, and then also some like hands-on pelvic de-armoring, where we worked with a partner and touched the genitals with the intention of healing and releasing wow. conditioning and trauma. Okay. Um, very different than anything most people have experienced around touching genitals. That's, right. That's one that's like, that's
1: wow that's crazy yes but but there's okay okay so you went to to a was like a classroom setting
0: like yes like I went I actually camped there but you know you stay overnight for I think it was like seven day training something like that so it's like an intensive you know you're there all day every day so do like a morning practice an afternoon practice the evening practice um so lots of like rituals lots of eye gazing um lots of like the I think one of you'll probably like this you like being naked don't you I love being naked I love being naked and it was one of the most liberating environments for me because every class environment was clothing optional there were literally people sitting topless next to me learning about these tantric principles wow it was amazing That's insane. That's like my dream world where it's not sexualized every second of the day. Like, a naked body does not have to be be sexualized.
1: sexualized. It can just be.
0: It can just be and exist and breathe and live and express itself as a naked body.
1: We got to say that again for people in the back as well.
0: Yes!
1: Like, people are so fucking just. It's society, though. Yes. We sexualize things, everything we see is is sexualized in something.
0: Well, that is the other side of the coin of the sexual repression in our society i believe that through puritan culture through centuries of christian conditioning european conditioning we have become deeply sexually repressed and so because this is an inherent natural part of most of our natures we want to swing to the other side because if you repress something enough, it will find a way to come out no matter how grossly it oozes out.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Same thing with emotions, right? Like that's a big thing that we work with in my coaching sessions is not only like, sexual repression but emotional repression and how that shows up in relationship and the ways that we start to kind of like manipulate someone or want to control them or possess them or step away from them push them away more due to the things we repress within ourselves
1: oh my god no you're spilling it it's fine it's a spit (laughs) guard so you probably deal with I don't know if you It's musical.
0: Do a lot of couples come to you too? I actually don't do couples work. Yeah, I send different. my couples to Mac. <laughs> oh, I
1: didn't think about that. I
0: do one-on-one work. And, you know, maybe one day I'll get to working with couples. For now, it kind of just overwhelms me. <laughs> but also, that's not the only reason I don't do it. Another reason is because... Uh, One, I focus a lot on embodiment and like self-regulation practices, really getting to know ourselves and our body and how that plays into relationship. And I don't know. There's just something really sacred to me about the container of one on one. I think I don't know if this is true. This is an idea that I have, but um, maybe it allows people to be more honest or free or uninhibited. Or, you know, express the parts of themselves that do stay deeper down and hidden Mm. if they don't feel comfortable showing it fully in front of their partner so that they can come into the container with me, look at that stuff, talk about it, de shameify it, release some of the guilt or whatever is clogging it up around it, and then go home and work with their partners in conversation or breath practices or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's lit i can't and is, is there is there like a certification for this stuff
0: so the tantra training that i did was actually not a coaching teacher training program that was more just for me you and like okay. my personal growth yeah the coaching program that i did was called somatica it's based out of the bay so that's and that is a coaching training program so that is And one of the main, I mean, I loved their program for so many reasons, but one of the main reasons I did it was just to kind of like feel more confident creating that professional space with someone. Cause I was just like, I have all these ideas that I want to offer people, but I don't know quite how, you know, (laughs) like, I don't know how to get it all across and like what the structure of the container needs to look like in order for that to happen so somatica was like a very practically helpful tool in my journey i love that
1: structure and the necessary tools to achieve those goals and
0: i mean they went more into like marketing and business stuff and like you know how to like put yourself out there and Find your elevator pitch and all that stuff, you know, which my Tantra training did not do any of that. Right. It was a
1: seven day intensive. like Just being out there.
0: Gazing at people's genitals.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) And in your best words, if you can, people probably wonder, what the
0: hell is Tantra?
1: You can Google it or I want to, what is, what would you define that as?
0: So Tantra is a spiritual path that illuminates the taboo but encompasses all things. Right. I think that's the most succinct definition I may have ever given. That's a very good one. So it's a spiritual path, just like any other spiritual path or even religion. But most other spiritual paths, all of the ones that I'm aware of exclude sexuality. Mm -hmm. So the reason Tantra has become known as a sexual thing in the West is because it doesn't exclude it. We don't okay. necessarily center sex in tantra, but it is a part of the whole of the practice. Whereas that is not the case in other spiritual practices. Does that make sense? It
1: does make sense. So you can include because it's with the genitals. Is it so? It's not necessarily include. It's not necessarily through the genitals, or it is through genitals.
0: It can be, but doesn't have to be. So, like, but, you can do a tantric practice. You and I could just be sitting here, eye gazing eye and gazing. breathing together, and okay. that's an expression of tantra.
1: Okay, I thought it was through the generals. Like, it was, okay, but it can be. It, so can it, it, it doesn't exclude sex.
0: So, one thing that does set tantra aside is. We see the power of sexuality Mm -hmm. and of sex energy. Mm. That is not the same thing as the act of sex, right? So, sex energy lives in all of us. It's what we're born from, right? Yes. So, sex energy is seen as life force energy in Tantra. So, a lot of times we will work with sex energy even without engaging with the genitals directly at all. Through just like squeezing the genital muscles during a breath work practice or just kind of engaging the pelvis in a practice that's not all centered around the genitals
1: right does that make sense it makes perfect sense yeah okay because yeah. when i heard you I know like ten know names but i know people who do it and usually people were the so, yeah. I thought, so I thought, yeah. I was like, oh, but no, it can be really anything.
0: Yeah. It's all things are seen as sacred. All things, even the things that humans have deemed as bad. Right. So I love that. That, I think that was another thing that just felt so liberating for me about Tantra was I grew up in a Christian church, right? Exactly. With all eyes on me as a preacher's kid. So it felt so freeing for Someone to tell me, like, you can, you can do anything and it's not wrong. Yeah. Right. Like, even though I didn't want to (laughs) go, you know, disrupt the world or do anything too crazy. But yeah, I think just the permission of, of tantric philosophy speaking, there is no good or bad. Right. There is just following divine life force energy. What brings you more vitality? That is what is centered. Wow. In tantra. Yeah. yeah. So not all sex is tantric because not all sex brings you higher vitality. Damn. Right? right.
1: Right. But
0: some sex is very tantric.
1: That's crazy. Should we be trying to achieve that every time? <laughs>
0: no that's a good question I actually really like that question and my personal answer is no yeah I mean you could sure why not but like also it's okay to have a quickie or just want to come or like you know that's okay too that's part of tantra is not deeming that as bad (laughs) or wrong right right but recognizing part of tantra is also the mindfulness aspect of recognizing if i do this 10 days in a row do i feel better or worse right do i feel more uplifted and alive or do i feel more drained and alone in the world
1: right right wow okay Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot.
0: That's a I lot never know how to answer the the what is tantra this, question, but I hope that that was a no, that clear was, enough definition. That
1: was fine. Like Good. I said, I could also Google that, but I also could. I, I wanted to hear your answer, yeah. just from your mouth.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure everyone would answer it differently, differently. you know,
1: which is perfect. This yeah, this is why we're. This is why this podcast is this. Everyone mm-hmm. has different shit, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, did you go to San Fran or the Bay Area to study at this this vacation yes. school place. So, so that took you over there.
0: So in, my, in the back of my like logical mind, I was like, okay, I've been doing Thai yoga massage kind of illegally for a while now. So I should probably get my massage license so I can actually be legal. Yes. But I didn't want to do that in Georgia. I was very clear, like all the schools that I found here, they just didn't excite me they didn't turn me on that's another part of tantra is seeing the turn on in all of life not just in sex amen amen um but yeah so i initially the tantra school was what drew me to the bay area and then i just happened to find a massage school within an hour of where that Tantra training was that I fell in love with as well. So I went out there for both Tantra and massage education.
1: Oh my God. Both. Yeah. Was that intense?
0: It was, but it wasn't because I did my Ton tant- I did. So the Tantra training was more of an intensive, like one week at a time. You're there the whole time. And then the massage training was more spread out. So we would do like two Weeknights and a weekend, or you know, it was just it allowed me time to work, and
1: okay, good. it was a
0: drawn out training for that reason so that people could work during it. Um, so the way it worked out, I moved out there, I went to my first tantra training, I did my massage school training. I think I did a tantra one tantra training in the middle of massage school, and then one after. So it was just kind of like the tantra was sprinkled throughout, but the massage was a longer training.
1: Wow! Yeah. Did you? Oh my gosh, that's crazy! So, first <laughs> of all, with all this, your parents—that's <laughs> who I want to get back to. Like, I love that. what are they thinking? This is like you're Vermont, Asheville, boom, <laughs> back here, up uh, there, back here. Bay area back here what are they what are they saying at this point the Daniel White show is proudly sponsored by Lucky House MFG Lucky House is an eco-friendly screen printing and design studio with over 10 years of experience in the industry they offer high quality custom printing services including apparel printing graphic design promo goods and embroidery visit www.luckyhousemfg.com to get a quote and to learn more
0: What's up, y'all? It's Ashley Johnson. You're listening to The Daniel White Show. They are surprisingly supportive. Okay. I mean, okay. Granted, I definitely had to have, like, a breakdown talk about Tantra and, like, why I was actually moving to California. (laughs) Yeah. And that was, like, very vulnerable and hard but valuable experience. Um, So I think, like... You know, they they had been getting used to me and my wild spirit my whole life. I'm about to
1: say you've probably been
0: <laughs> out here. Yes. I've been out here for a while. Yes. So by the time I planted the Tantra seed, they were kind of like, Okay, that makes sense for you, you know? Oh, cool. Yeah. My dad, the preacher, was like, That makes sense for you. And Perfect. he actually, you know, this really stuck with me. This was really powerful for me takeaway. From that conversation, I chose to have separate conversations with my mom and dad. Smart. Um, Smart. And and my dad said, you know, this is one thing that religion just kind of doesn't know how to deal with. And like he brought up masturbation and like how, you know, they just weren't taught how to address these things in a productive way yeah. instead of just shooting it down. And yeah. so he, when I had that conversation with him, it was really powerful because we recognized in that moment like, oh, he has been changing the world through shifting the uh, Christian perspective to include openness to gays. That's what his church Which is stands for. super dope. Amazing. Yeah. And I'm out here trying to, like, help people unlearn other shit around sexuality. Like, we're both kind of working in similar fields in a way. Spirituality, sexuality, you know? So that was a cool moment when I had that talk with him. Um, And, yeah, you know, there's definitely (laughs) been times where I'm like, okay, my parents probably think I've just lost it. But overall i think they really do like love and respect me and they like they are weirdos themselves even though my dad's a minister and they you know they um they're actors they're artists and so i think they as different as i was or my path was from even my brothers and sister um they've kind of rolled with it
1: yeah (laughs) And this is like cool.
0: Yeah. And yeah. you know, I think the the intimacy work, I think still freaks them out a tad just for mainly for safety reasons for me, like my dad gets nervous. Yeah. Um but you know, I think that what I try to remind them is like I stay firm in my boundaries and people will feel my intention. You know, like some people might challenge that that. some people might challenge me in it, but the energy that I put out around like why I am doing this work and what I want to create through it in the world speaks louder than the word intimacy. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's why I try to remind him. But, um, you know, he's a little (laughs) worried. But yeah, I mean they're pretty they're Dude, like surprisingly down. They're that, pretty cool people.
1: That makes me so happy that people yeah. who are in their religious space can yeah. be it like, like that, you yeah. know. That's hopefully what the world's kinda going to.
0: Yes. We'll I hope see. so too.
1: You know? Yeah. So this is, you talked to me a little bit about it before we started the interview, but life in San Francisco.
0: Actually, I never lived in oh, San Francisco. Uh, Bay Area. Bay Area. Yes. Bay Area. I'm sorry. I lived sorry, in Marin County. Okay, yes. Lagunitas, Fairfax. Yes.
1: yes. So, Bay Area. So, life in the Bay Area, and not even necessarily with work involved. How was that for you?
0: Yeah. It was like amazing and also like. I kind of feel like I was in survival mode the whole time just because I was like so far away from everything I knew. And like, I didn't know anyone when I moved out there. I have one friend in San Francisco, but I think I saw her a total of like three times the whole time I lived out there. No way. (laughs) And, um, yeah. So I was out there by myself, freaked me out. And it was, it was kind of shocking. Like the, the financial aspect of it. Like Mm. I think I kind of took for granted living in the South where things were more affordable. Um, But yeah, there's, (laughs) there's like pros and cons to the culture out there. Like there's a lot of like, Yuppie hippies is what we would call them. Like rich white hippies that think they know everything about spirituality, but actually just spiritually bypass everyone. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Jesus.
0: Um, And then there's like a lot of techies, you know? So it's kind of like a weird merging of these cultures that it's turned into. But I will say I really value like all of the offerings that I had access to out there, like yeah. whether it was those trainings that I moved out there for, or just, I mean, I used to go to Ecstatic Dance in Oakland every single weekend, 500 people just being weird just, and dancing together in a room.
1: That sounds awesome.
0: It was a am- You would have loved it. it I It was love dancing. so fun.
1: That sounds insane. So
0: there were just things accessible to me that I don't have here that I really, really miss. So that part sucks, but yeah. you know... There, there are other parts I really don't miss. But
1: to say, yeah, you got your ups and downs in those places. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so. living
0: the housing crisis out there is so real,
1: dude. The stories you were telling me about living with five roommates, yeah,
0: it was miserable, dude. and they were very controlling.
1: That's insane. My gosh, are you out there? For how many years?
0: Um, almost five. I think I made mean it like God, four and a half. That's a long time. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, I tried to make it work. And I tried to keep pushing, but. Gotta come back. (laughs) The wind blew another way.
1: (laughs) At that point, were you doing body work?
0: When? What point? In
1: San Francisco. uh, The the Bay
0: Area time. So, when I first moved out there, I was, mind you, not licensed, not legal. So, I did not start out doing body work. I started out doing. Um, I was working as a barista first, and then I moved into. I had like the longest job I've ever kept at this natural health food store. It's it's like a natural health food store on steroids. Oh my it's god! Huge. There's like a deli, taqueria, juice bar, like insane. But I worked there for three and a half years in the supplements and vitamins department, no herb section. Way. So that that was amazing. Like that really held it down for me, even though I it paid hardly anything but like that having that consistency was amazing and it was such a like unique um hub for community to that store so it was nice to just like be in the zone with everyone there but I start when I graduated massage my massage program I started working professionally I actually got this amazing deal like 150 a month to use this space to massage out of a few days a week yeah
1: in 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 the the bay Bay area it
0: was unheard of and it was like it was such like divinely orchestrated like it was right across the street from where i worked it was just perfect so i did part-time massage work and part-time health food store work for a long time when i was out there and then when COVID hit i had to stop both of those. And my living situation got switched up. I did. It, it was not good. So, yeah, hopped around a little bit. Tried living with a friend in Washington for a few months. Came back down to California. Was staying with some friends, and then finally, like, I was looking at apartments, really trying to like, okay, if I'm meant to be here, show me. And then nothing
1: came, came through. He was so like, I'm going back home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh
1: my God. And I mean,
0: a big, is looking back now, it's actually like I feel a little teary thinking about it because one of the reasons i did want to come back to savannah was my 93 year old grandmother mm. who i'm i was very close to um she lived here and she passed away just a few months ago
1: yeah need to talk about? That. i'm so, sorry So
0: thank you but it, it's it's just kind of amazing that like i was forced to come back and spend more time with her in person before yeah. she passed see
1: oh man so yeah, yeah yeah life has a way of just bringing us Places when we need yeah, to be there, you know. Exactly. Truly. Yes. You know, so wow, so what a winding road. So mm-hmm. and in between and I know all that you were obviously you mentioned being in chorus and wanna be opera, so you would be a musician for Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. And then once I stopped singing opera and choral music, like in high school Um, I started, you know, playing a little bit more guitar, some piano and eventually started songwriting and that became, cause for a while I was like, what do I do if I'm not singing in choir or singing opera? Like how do I still sing? Yes. So it definitely has been quite a journey, like finding my voice outside of those containers you yeah, know and yeah. i feel like i'm still on that journey never ending you know never ending yeah always trying to find my voice but um yeah so that's remained a constant in terms of hobbies there was a a tea house i performed at quite a bit in the bay oh,
1: and that's i haven't cool.
0: performed too much here in savannah since i've been back I kind of, like, ebb and flow with wanting to perform, not yeah. wanting to. there's a lot that goes into performing yes, music, it you does. know,
1: seriously. Yes. But, you know, body work. I'm going to go back to body work okay. for a second. Okay. Because I know out, you said You say out there you weren't really certified in that... But now you are here. Yes, I okay. have my
0: massage license. I am legal.
1: Okay, yes. <laughs> so, about body, body work, you mean massage. Yeah, I'm okay. curious,
0: what do you think of when you I think of body
1: work? Body work was some kind of movement medicine okay Say, i don't know why i thought that
0: that's beautiful Cause I see
1: i see you on your page right you're doing your thing right me th- see that's why i was having this conversation yes this is great so body i've never heard of massaging being body work
0: you're working a body like you're manually manipulating a body you're working it
1: i'm thinking that you're literally like teaching movement to people well
0: i do that in my coaching
1: Okay, that yeah, is. we really? do a lot of
0: like we don't do dance. Well, sometimes we'll yeah, dance. All but of it's
1: dance, yeah. Right?
0: We'll do more breath practice, shaking, bouncing, swinging the arms, like yes. all sorts of regulation practices. Like Love that. that. Yeah. Oh
1: my gosh! Actually, I took a breath work class. <gasps> cool. Where? It was a guy from San Francisco. It was in Greensboro. Okay. Yeah, my friend owns an amazing photo studio out there, and he had a workshop. This guy came from San Francisco. I forgot his name. I'll get What'd it for you. What'd you think? Oh, it was phenomenal at the end i literally felt it was like a high. 30, it was a, i literally high. felt high it was a 30 minute class yep and just all breath work for 30 minutes yep. and i literally left that place like i was literally floating yep it was um the last scream we all let out was just like
0: shattering yes that's amazing yep. at some of the uh, meditations we did at my Tantra training I literally felt like I was tripping on mushrooms mm. like I had a hard time walking afterward like it was that's, so altering
1: that's that's amazing yes. what we can do this with our bodies I know it you know it's oh beautiful. my gosh are you all more the holistic approach to even healing and medicine
0: oh yeah yes oh yeah. yes yeah and even you know um one of your questions that you sent me earlier about like um who comes to me you know like what kind of clients yeah
1: as what well, yeah what's your clientele usually
0: yeah like it's interesting because i think i have quite a variety in terms of the types of clients that come to me like whether they're just wanting to relax because they're stressed out. A lot of like stressed out moms, right? Like that just want to shut their brain off for an hour. Um, And then there are people that are athletes that have tight muscle that's getting in the way of their performance. There are, you know, people with chronic pain that I have a client that's had Parkinson's for 30 years that is just literally like managing pain day to day. Um so all kinds of people come to me but I would say I always kind of have the same approach in that I believe it's all connected yeah. right so like the primary focus in my massage work is soothing the nervous system I like that in calming the body and mind to the degree where your body actually can heal itself Ooh. I mean I might give it a little nudge But it has the power to heal itself if the right environment and circumstances are there. If you feel held, if you feel safe, if you feel loved, right? Magic Mm, happens. I
1: like that.
0: That's where we heal. Yeah. Yeah. When we're able to be witnessed in our raw, vulnerable selves and feel loved.
1: Yeah. I like that.
0: So I kind of, yeah, I think I bring that holistic mentality into my work, regardless of what I'm quote unquote working with.
1: Yeah. 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 And it's cool because the intimacy coaching is not necessarily always related to just sexual. Yeah. In my eyes. And I think a lot of people, others like, Oh, she's talking about just sexual healing. It's like, no, this could be helpful for the stressful mom, the, Dad working too many hours at work, and this is athletes doing whatever too. You know what I'm saying? You, it's very all encompassing.
0: So that was my massage practice that I was talking about.
1: Oh, <laughs> yes.
0: See,
1: I'm getting. I was like, this, are we
0: on the same page here? I'm
1: getting this all messed up. Okay, it's okay. Sorry.
0: It's confusing and for me sometimes is too. Mostly
1: the sexual then.
0: So. Intimacy can mean any kind of relationship issues, whether that means relationship to your own body, relationship to your mother, relationship to your partner, relationship to sex.
1: Okay, perfect. Right. That was kind of still, okay, gotcha. Yes, 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 yes. So
0: usually in my sessions, like someone will initially bring me something related to sex, but then a lot of times we'll get into stuff with parents attachment wounding what are our tendencies in relationships wow. like we zoom out yeah and look at how all of these things play into our sexual dynamics
1: wow it's crazy how i guess your sexual ass can be affected by this out oh outlying yeah. issues that you don't really think about absolutely you bring it up to the light and yes it's like this is what's blocking i you.
0: always say sex is just a metaphor whatever's happening in your sex life is a metaphor for something happening somewhere else in your life
1: Ooh. <laughs> so many what gems. are your
0: tendencies there what are your desires there what lights you up there? What turns you off there? What are the patterns there? Right, like there's so much to look at that can be meaningful in other areas of our life.
1: That is insane because
0: sex is life force, yeah. Sex is life,
1: yeah, yeah, yes. 110 percent. Wow, it's very interesting, yeah. It makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, like how stress can, you know, affect oh, yeah. sex and oh, this and yeah. that. And you not being able to perform or climax yes. and this and that. Then he's like, what's
0: going on? So yes. like, oh, that's what's going on. That's affecting that, you know? In fact, like one of the, you know, kind of most typical issues that I guess is more well known is like in a hetero marriage, let's say like the woman never wants to have sex, right? Like that's yes. the story you hear played out over and over again i want to have sex with my wife but she never she always pushes me away she never wants to have sex the sex is not the problem it's the resentment she is holding toward you that is keeping her from having sex with you it has nothing to do with her sexual desire she probably wants to get fucked just as bad as you do yes but her emotional reality is not letting her surrender to that experience because she doesn't feel safe Wow. So it's never just what is happening sexually.
1: Gotcha, gotcha, and that's very common. Is that common?
0: W- that example like, that I that, gave. Is that, yeah, is that? Yeah, I would say that is common. It's definitely not the only thing that people come to me with. But you know, I'm wondering, yeah.
1: what's what is something you hear over and over again?
0: Um. Well, what is something I hear over and over? I feel like it's so across the board. Okay, you get different. I every guess time? if I were to generalize. Um, the people that I work with conditioned as women generally have a very hard time speaking their sexual desires if they even know what they are. Ooh. Okay. Because they are taught to repress, to not be sexual, basically yeah. to be sexy, but not sexual their whole lives.
1: All, yeah. Yes. Yes.
0: You have to be attractive, but you can't have sex or yes. you're a slut. Right. Yeah. That's the story. Stupid. So... Yeah, I find a lot of people have been deeply impacted by that to the extent where they just don't know what they want. They don't know what they like. Interesting, wow. They don't know what turn-on feels like to the fullest extent because of those voices living in their head.
1: I, yeah, I can kind of relate to that a little yeah. bit, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think we
0: all can in one Very way or interesting. another. Interesting.
1: Yeah. What resources yeah. do you yeah, give people to unlock that?
0: What resources do you give like in people session? Like,
1: but like, yeah, just like people just like, I don't know what I like. I don't know what I wanted to explore. Like, are there any resources? Yes, absolutely.
0: Oh, that I Google?
1: That you give people. Oh. Yeah, I Google. (laughs) I mean, can we go, go buy that, any books or, you know, whatever, what kind of, what kind of things do you get? So
0: one thing that really sets the somatica method that I was trained in aside is we really focus on experiential practices. Mm-hmm. So what that means is like someone will come to me with an issue. We'll talk a little bit about it, but then we'll move into an experiential practice to help them understand what's actually happening in their body. Yeah. For instance, um... A lot of times with someone that doesn't know how to speak their desires, I'll start with boundary work because if they don't know their yes, they probably don't know their no. Yeah. So let's figure out what your no feels like in your body first. So there's actually like touch exercises where I will touch my clients until they tell me to stop and then I'll direct them inward. And say, what did it feel like to hit that edge when you told me to stop? What did that feel like in your body? Can you tell me, did you get hot? Did you feel tears rush to your eyes? Did you feel your jaw tighten? What happened that indicated that that was a no for you? Yeah. So we'll do practices like that. And then we have sexier practices like um, uh, we have this one visualization meditation where we uh, meditate on whatever we think about right before we come when we masturbate Mm. like the thing that gets us off every time And so we'll like do a visualization around that and then lean into, okay, what are you feeling in your body? What emotions are you actually wanting to feel through this happening? Do you want to feel strong? Do you want to feel demeaned? Do you want to feel special? Do you want to feel powerful? Do you want to feel submissive? Right? Like we want to look more toward what are the emotions that you are craving to embody through this fantasy? Yeah. Right. So that we can start to invite those in, in a more tangible, practical way.
1: Wow. And you dive into that, they can get the resources to fulfill that.
0: Yes. And then that's when I would start giving them like home play exercises. If they do have a partner that they wow. want to work with things on or things like that.
1: That's very interesting with it being, this is you talk about being on different apps earlier, but like, <laughs> I feel like polyamory is becoming like a I hate word trend i feel like it's coming trendy even like, in
0: savannah I, you feel that uh,
1: <laughs> kind, i mean i don't know i mean maybe not maybe i'm not like here. let me
0: meet the people you're meeting maybe, <laughs> i
1: mean because I, I met a handful of them honestly i actually yeah a lot of solo poly people but like i feel like as in general like sure. it's, you see a lot more yes, of yes
0: absolutely
1: and you see people's profiles you yeah. see, i see it everywhere I think a lot of people are coming in thinking that that's what they need to fix their relationships as far as intimacy is involved, and that's
0: what they need. What
1: as far as like they need, they're trying to maybe they think they need to like be poly or something like that, or to to cure any intimacy issues in their within relationships.
0: You know, it's so wild, even like hearing these words coming out of your mouth because I feel like every, every single one of my clients has been monogamous. I think okay, and I'm poly. So yeah, because yeah. <laughs> like, I'm thinking I'm, I don't I don't think I've ever. I mean, I am sh- I know for a fact that that exists. That people yeah. do feel that pressure to be poly. Yeah. But I have not worked one-on-one with anyone that has, like, extensively wanted to work on that or even brought that up, really. Like, I think... For me, I feel like the wild card here. Like, I feel like there's no poly people here and monogamy is still the norm. And I mean, I guess coming from California, it's like so much more entrenched out there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, it's actually like a helpful perspective for me to hear, to remember that, like, it is becoming more widespread. Oh, I feel like I see it everywhere. That's awesome. But
1: also, the reason why I ask, I think a lot of people yeah, who would have, who I thought were always monogamous are out of nowhere, like, yeah, we're trying this out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think, I wonder if you have any clients coming? like, yeah, I think I want to, you know, I think we should just try being poly. You know, trying to cover up some, the actual issues that are going on relationship. Right. They gonna bring Polly into it thinking that's gonna fix things. I well that's the that.
0: number one rule for open relationships is don't open your relationship in efforts to save a relationship.
1: Ex- yeah, so I know if you ever, see exactly that's what I'm trying to get at. I know if you ever had if you ever had that experience. I've yeah, never experienced
0: that. I think the one time that someone was considering it, they ended up just getting a divorce. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Which there I was go. like great, you know, yeah. that seems like what you needed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I never like try to force my opinion or choices onto clients at all like it's their life they can live it however they damn well please um i just try to help illuminate their true desires right so if someone were to come in and say my partner really wants to try to be open but i don't like that and i feel really scared about it and i i would Mm. dig into that with them and try to learn more are you scared because that's not who you are Yes. Or are you scared because you have fears about feeling happier that way? You know, it's like that could be coming from a lot of places. Let's try to figure out what the core emotion is and why and then move from there.
1: Okay. Yes. It's funny. (laughs) It's not funny. My first experience with that was before I knew what the word even meant. My friend and they were trying to fix theirs with being open yeah and I was on the bad end of that yeah and that end up crumbling messy. exactly so I wonder if that was ever an issue you faced with clients well so- it
0: makes me sad because I feel like poly culture has that reputation like mm. that that is how most people see polyamory yep. is that sloppy mess yes <laughs> <laughs> but it is not always that people mm. And, and that's why I actually even appreciate that like the term ENM ethical non-monogamy is being used more instead of just polyamory because yes. I think, you know, polyamory is under the umbrella of ethical non-monogamy, but ethical non-monogamy, um, I, to me, it, like even just the term represents how many different routes and ways you can engage with that, yes. right? In an yes. ethical way. Yeah. But it doesn't always have to look the same for everyone. Maybe one couple just wants to have one additional sexual experience. One, Maybe one couple really wants to develop other emotional connections, yes. right? Like yeah. you can have polyromantic without having polysexual. You can have polysexual without having polyromantic, oh, wow. right? So there's all these different ways to approach polyamory. And I think that... A lot of times it does just get cast as this, like, they just want to sleep with everyone and they want to try to make their failing relationship work and it's not going to happen.
1: Exactly, That's kind of what I've seen. Not a lot, but.
0: That's sad. I've seen,
1: yeah, it sucks, you know? So we're trying this out. I was like, do you want that? It can
0: definitely be re-traumatizing for people if It's, it's not what they actually want. Exactly. For
1: sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I've That's why
0: like communication is so important around threesomes and stuff. Right. Because yes. one person could just be doing it to appease the partner. The but partner. if you don't have an emotional check in beforehand, you would never know that. Yeah. And you would just think, oh, they're down. Yeah. But if you ask a question, maybe they'll be like, actually, I don't know. It's like, uh,
1: it's like <laughs> I'm not doing this. thing. Yes. Exactly. I'm going to leave. Because exactly. I'm not getting in the middle of what this is.
0: Yes. If yeah. you're not both on board. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah
1: so interesting mm-hmm. oh my god mm-hmm. you're doing it living life in savannah doing your thing <laughs> office is upstairs how do you marketing to people how are you is that hard to market what you do
0: so i kind of just go by word of mouth like right now it's a little strange for me because i do i mean i do offer virtual sessions but i also work out of my home so I get what my dad's saying in the sense of like, if I just put my name out there as a sex and intimacy coach, then I'll get whoever the hell in my home. I don't want that, but I want people to know I'm doing this work. Right. So yeah. usually it happens through word of mouth, through people that know that I'm doing this, through people that follow me on Instagram, okay. stuff like that.
1: Good. Cause I was like, yeah, that's a very not niche. Well, I guess it's kind of taboo niche that so people yeah. we have people in here who like are just either weirdos or whatever, not people you want in your house. So, yeah. yeah. very interesting because you're not blasting all over the internet. Like, hey, in this house, come in, right. in my house, you know? I saying? do have
0: the information on my website and you can, like, Google my name and find my website. So, it's out there but it's not like I'm just blasting it, you know? Right,
1: right. Is it like, a vetting yeah. process or you just... Yes,
0: I do a consult phone call just to, like, feel out their energy, express what my sessions are like, let them ask any questions if they have any see if we're a good fit and then i do this like long intake form that gives me even more information on like where they're coming from what they're wanting out of these sessions before we even schedule anything
1: wow that's nuts question did you know mackenzie is in oh
0: yeah wait where
1: the west coast no Okay, two different times. She
0: lived there way before I did.
1: Oh, okay. She
0: lived there and then moved here and we met here.
1: Okay. Yes. And that, by that time you were back here before, after?
0: After Asheville. I after met Asheville, her. After my you... yoga teaching training, I met her here through my ex.
1: Gotcha. And
0: then, yeah, we just remained friends. You remained homies. And would, both then you went became there. intimacy coaches, like, on our own around the same time. Like... We just both were kind of feeling called toward the work at the same time, and it's so beautiful.
1: I love that. Y'all are both beautiful people. Mm,
0: thank mm, you. So
1: good. So good. Okay, I'll let you. I'll let this go for now. This we talked about a lot, <laughs> okay. but we're gonna come back to some of this stuff in detail with <laughs> okay. my own experiences and another guest. I'm not gonna say her name yet, but okay. we're both figuring some things out. So we have some more questions, but. Okay so but you're available for people to hit you up so I am I available
0: okay. yes hit up my website soulfedbodywork.com yes yes
1: we love it and you're doing amazing you have the best energy oh. I forgot to do the icebreaker, but we're gonna do we're gonna do an outro so I'll let you pick one of these choose whichever you want you want but we'll an
0: outro I think the question for one all
1: right go ahead and read it out
0: what is the biggest risk you've taken? If you had another chance, would you do anything differently? I think the biggest risk I've taken was moving to California with no money to pursue tantra training <laughs> <laughs> and figure out how to heal my sexuality.
1: Dude, oh my
0: god! Um, and what was the other question? Let oh, me answer another- oh, first. Okay,
1: moving. You said moving there, moving here. Yeah, like moving here yes. like I said, moving moves are here huge. Was, moves are and I'm so I- 'cause you're
0: uprooting everything you know. You're not
1: and you're just gone. Yes. Into a city where I don't know the streets, yeah. I don't know the people. Yeah. Leaving a place I didn't hate. And <laughs> it's like what am I really doing? And I got in the first month or two was just like I don't know what's going on. It felt good being here. I can exist, and me moving here told me that I can exist anywhere.
0: Yes, I I truly can.
1: I can -hmm. exist anywhere. I know. I know that now. Mm -hmm. But at first, I was just like, dude. My mom was down the street. My homies were my next-door neighbors back in Greensboro, like. What did I just do?
0: Wow.
1: Amazing. It's probably one of the best experiences yes. I've ever had in my life.
0: And sometimes that change of scenery, like new people around you, new mm-hmm. kind of culture around you can be just the shift you need to like invite you into the next layer of yourself.
1: Yeah. And absolutely. And I can see myself shedding some skin. There so you go. It was a fantastic move that worked yes. out. So shout yes. out to taking risks. We got to take them.
0: Yes. You know, sure you know. Do.
1: All right, what's the other one?
0: Would you have done anything differently?
1: Oh, awesome. No. Oh, not. No, <laughs> no it's Oh, I'm of...
0: asking you these?
1: No, we're, we're both answering. We're them. both answering. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, was... cool. I didn't know. I, I guess the only difference would be not moving or moving somewhere else. No, I think moving here was good. I don't think I would have I have no desire that, that would have chosen anywhere else. Beautiful. No, no, Savannah's cool. It's a very cool city. Yes, yes, yes. And that was what was this one? It was yeah. this one. Cool, yeah. Let's do this. We must well do both of them. Let's do both of them. We got two questions.
0: Wait, I didn't do the. Did you do oh. anything differently? Oh yeah. You? I think that I would plan which campsites I stayed at better when I drove across America. <laughs> oh, my God. Because <laughs> I got into some really sketchy situations that were very scary and.
1: Oh my God, yeah. Christy! Oh um, Jesus! And okay. that
0: that and like. I mean, where I put my head at night, you know, between the journey out west and once I actually made it there, like, that was my biggest challenge, like, finding home or, like, just a place to ground down that felt safe and free, you know? Jeez. So, I think I would, yeah, do more preparation work around finding campsites and also more preparation work around... Finding a place to live, even though there's, like, limited housing in the Bay. But
1: Did you know where you were living before you went?
0: I was staying. So, funny enough, I don't know if you've met Cy Bacon here. No. He's a great human in Savannah. He's actually not in Savannah currently. But he had moved. We go way back from high school. And he had moved out to California and was managing a farm out there like, a month before I was planning to move out. So what I did was, like, go stay on his farm for a couple months while I was, like, driving down to the Bay and doing interviews with people for housing and, like, trying to figure my shit up down there while I was living for free at the farm.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So it was kind of hectic. It was, yeah, because it was, like, a three-hour drive down to the Bay. And so I think I just would have, like taken my time a little bit more and tried to find a more suitable housing situation before just like trying to make it all work all at once you know yeah but other than that i wouldn't change anything
1: yeah dude we ain't changing nothing we don't regret we don't regret shit we learned we learned we learned we adapted
0: we adapted yes that's what it is we expanded our capacity (sighs) yes
1: and we're here we're connected now we are i'm
0: so glad to be connected to you
1: i love it yes let's answer the other one why not
0: okay oh if you could spend a day as any animal which would you choose
1: oh yeah tell me honestly because i live with them
0: now i would say a cat really i really want to know I was going to say like a giant cat, like a cheetah like a or cheetah. leopard or even lion yeah. or. Yeah. Yeah. Feline. I feel like I, I think I want to be like an outdoor cat. Okay. You do want to? Yeah. Yeah. Like an
1: outdoor cat. Like I want to frolic and just yeah. be. Catch some and rats. Catch some, yeah. Catch some mice and rodents and <laughs> bring roaches in yeah. to the house, you know, for my owner. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Every time I see Kobe and Pharrell, they're just like. They're just chilling, chilling.
0: living life, living
1: life. I'm just like, it must be nice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I want to see a
0: cat. I just like frequently get this vision of like two large felines cuddling and it feels like heaven to me. Like that's my daydream. I'm with it. (laughs) Dude, felines are cool <laughs> creatures, man. They are. They can climb shit and yes. jump in. and They're, they're soft and furry. And yeah, they're cute and cuddly. Yes. When they want to be. But they got some fierceness.
1: <sighs> Bruh, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> but no. And
0: they know their no's.
1: Exactly. So they know their
0: yes's too. That's I love cats.
1: Because it's like, dude, they have boundaries. Yes. And they come over there and they, they pet you one minute. Yep. And, then a and then fuck off.
0: And they don't feel no shame. No, for they're swiping out. at
1: you like, hey,
0: get off me. <laughs> yes. I don't want to be touched right now. <laughs> yeah. he's just like, okay, yep. You know,
1: thank you. Yep. You know, shout out to us. Beautiful. Shout out this whole conversation.
0: Yes, thank you, Dan. Yeah, Yo. it was all over
1: the place. You do a lot of different things, yeah. but we're gonna—you're not gonna be uh, I'm a stranger on this show. We're gonna have you back because I think you'll cool. be a good asset to some more conversations. Thanks, Boo wink wink guys she's con- they're, they're gonna be back <laughs> they are gonna be back um Christy thank you you're on you're on the internet we gonna yes. um put your links out there awesome you are available for body work which is not dancing because <laughs> I'm thinking of dancing which you can't blame me I mean
0: come on body work you know what I'm saying but no
1: that's no not...
0: I love that interpretation of yes. the word yeah that is one expression of body work very true yeah very true
1: um, so that, that, and you're doing the music coaching and then you're doing the body work. So you're available for all that. Yes, I am. But you're going to get vetted. People. You want to have the phone call first. Yep.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you want to have that money ready, <laughs> bruh.
0: <laughs> but no,
1: thank you for doing this.
0: You are so welcome. Yes. Thank you. All my love. Uh,
1: all right. We are out of here, guys. Later.
0: Peace.